Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Thank you for downloading this episode. Please give me five stars on Apple Podcasts. As I always say, this is how people find this podcast. And the increase in listenership keeps this podcast going. Now, if you guys remember from last year, I have a fire going because we live like pioneers. You're going to hear about that in a bit. And there's a wood fire going in the background to keep me warm. And I found that sitting on my bed is the best place to record with this old microphone. I have this fancy microphone. I've tried it every which way. And these wired earphones are the only thing, or these wired headphones, earphones, whatever you want to say, are the only things that give me good sound. Go figure. So anyway, today's topic is the climate change crisis, how can we help spiritually and metaphysically? So when I started to research this crisis, especially look at documentaries, everything is gloom and doom. I don't think you're surprised by that. Every opening documentary I tried, and I attempted maybe three or four, were some big names, and it was always newscasters talking about how we're going to die, and a tsunami uh, rolling over a village, and wildfires. It was not fun, and I wanted to keep it positive today. And I know that you all know the facts with regard to climate change. I don't have to tell you that there's wildfires in California, and there's droughts in the Midwest, and in Australia, they've had problems with brush fires. And in other parts of the world, they've had problems with hurricanes and flooding and tsunami and the whole thing. So the fact is the climate on Earth hasn't changed this fast in 50 million years. So we have a full-fledged crisis on our hands. I will be referring in this episode to an incredible documentary I watched called 2040. It's an Australian film where the filmmaker Damon Gamu provides solutions. And I want to say it makes me so happy because there are viable solutions to the climate change crisis. I attempted a lot of documentaries and everything was too depressing. This one actually gave uplifting, powerful information. I will, of course, put the information in the show notes and you can find the film at whatsyour2040.com and you can see where to purchase it. I rented it on Vudu, the Vudu app. It's V-U-D-U. It says on the website it's available on Amazon and YouTube, but I could not find it there, and I tried really hard, at least in the United States. And it says it's available in the United States on those two apps, but I could not find it. Now, in regard to climate change, I try my best, right? I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I try my best I think about water a lot. Remember I told you in last week's episode that I lived in a fifth wheel recreational vehicle or RV for a year and a half and I did two winters without water so I understand what it means to conserve water and to this day I really think about conserving water when I flush the toilet, when I wash my hands, when I take a shower. I'm certainly not perfect. Well actually... (laughs) I realized the other day, this is how much brain fog I have. Well, actually, it wasn't the other day. It was yesterday that I had not taken a shower in three days. So there you go. (laughs) I conserved water. I didn't take a shower for three days. Kind of gross. But hey, what can you do? I'm psycho about electricity usage. I'm always trying to get our usage down, including we live like pioneers during the winter, meaning that 
We use dead trees and repurpose them for firewood. My husband splits wood. No, I get this question a lot. He does not do it with an ax. He has a wood splitter. So um, at least he doesn't have to do it right the old fashioned way with an ax. Um, But we have two fireplaces and two wood stoves and that's how we keep warm during the winter. The cost is so much less. And we tried using electric heat for a couple months. It was insanely expensive. It was out of control. I think the bill where I flipped out two years ago was it was a month and it was $600. I got a $600 bill for electric heat during a cold month. And that's when I was like, absolutely not. We can't do this. So it's a waste of energy because it really didn't keep us that warm. And it's a waste of money. So we use firewood instead My husband built all of our tables, and I mean all of our tables, dining room, kitchen, coffee tables, out of old barn wood. He did the same with our bed. We are building something called silvo pastures for our cows. We are in the process of building them. It takes a while. They are the most eco-friendly pastures that can possibly exist on earth for cows. A silvo pasture is where livestock graze amongst trees, and a silvo pasture maximizes plant growth, fertilization, and provides nitrogen-fixing legumes. So we try our best here. Now, there are some frustrations that I've come across lately. I am, well, I've been trying to get on this solar grid for electricity since March. It's now November, almost December. And they said I'd be on the grid in three months. They said three months to get on, three months to get off. And because of the COVID worker shortage, they are still building the grid. So we think that COVID doesn't affect us. It does affect us. And I have to call back again and ask, hey, how are they doing on the grid? I don't want to be a nag. I've only called once. But, um, you know, I'd love to be on that solar grid, especially by spring. But I don't know if it's going to happen because of the worker shortage. I also wanted to have geothermal heating and cooling in this house. It's an energy system where they build infrastructure under the house and the earth sets the temperature of the house. If you want your house to be set at 68 degrees, then that energy from the earth allows it to be set at 68 degrees. And this is something I really wanted, but we did not qualify because 75% of our house, it's just not possible. That's the 75% that has the electric. We do have oil heat as well, but it just wasn't possible. So that's a frustration too. That was something that I thought would be really good and save money and be good for the earth. They're 3D frustrations, right? They're human frustrations, but they affect the spiritual and the metaphysical of all this. So they affect the 5D. In the documentary 2040, the filmmaker visits Bangladesh where the microgrid is becoming more popular. A microgrid is a community grid of solar panels where the amount of energy produced is what is used. Every household receives a box so they see their usage the profits stay in the community, which is a huge benefit. Because it's solar energy, the cost of electricity or energy is incredibly low. So even low-income communities, poor communities in the world have access to it easily. This creates a soulful way to give energy to 
everyone on the planet and it also provides community because you can share your energy if someone needs it. Everyone who's doing this in Bangladesh has these boxes in their house and they show the amount of energy they use during a day and it really makes them think about energy. So during the daylight, they hardly use any and then when it becomes dark, you can see the energy usage go up dramatically and that's pretty obvious, but it makes these people think about the energy. And let's say that they're going away for a couple days or whatever the case is, they're allowed to share or donate their energy to another household, which I think is pretty cool. And they can also sell their energy. This filmmaker gives an example of his daughter in the future and that she has one of these solar boxes at her house and she's going away for four-day weekends. But there's a hurricane in another part of the world where they completely have lost power. So for that four-day weekend, she, instead of selling her energy, she donates it to this hurricane area. And I thought that was pretty cool. This 3D solution yields a 5D result. It raises the collective conscious. This ensures that everyone is taken care of and that we're all connected. It's not just about our needs and living in our little bubbles, our family, our friends, our neighborhoods. We're thinking about the entire planet. I love this idea of the microgrid. I really do. I think it really brings us all together. And you can look it up. You can Google microgrid Bangladesh, coolest thing ever. They also talk about in the documentary, share more equitably. It's the donut model of sustainability. I know you guys have heard this probably a lot. Um, Kate Raworth, who developed it, has done several TED Talks on this, at least one famous one that I know. And the idea is you have a donut which has a hole in it, and around the donut are the elements of sustainability, food, housing, education, water, and energy. And if you think about the old soul's guidebook. Remember, I talk about this all the time. Ainsley McLeod, earth is at a level five, right? We are at a level five soul level. Level five is ambition, materialism, and exploitation. Not great, but we are now moving on to level six, which is social justice, uncertainty, and introspection. And I can see a little bit of level seven in our horizon, which is complexity, creativity, and innovation. So with this idea of having sustainability for the whole planet and making sure that everything's equitable and everyone is taken care of, we're moving up these soul levels, which I just, I absolutely, I love that too. And I keep saying I love that, but I've got to stop saying that. I, I hear in podcasting, you shouldn't say that all the time. But it is. It's something that I thought was a really cool idea. And it, for anyone who hasn't checked out that TED Talk, it's only, I think, 10 minutes. And again, she explains the donut model. It's pretty cool. Another idea brought up was making public transport more beautiful and appealing to reduce the number of vehicles on the road. Um, if anyone's ever taken a ride on the New York City subway, it is disgusting. There are rats on the rails, there's trash, the actual subway platforms are gross, everything smells like urine. I don't have a lot of nice things to say about the subway. I've seen a lot of really gross things on the subway. I won't, <laughs> on the actual train, I won't even discuss here <laughs> because you may be eating. 
it's just not a pleasant experience. And the reason, the sole reason, I love the city. I love living in the city. But the sole reason I moved out was because I could not handle the subway anymore. I would have to take three trains to work and it just sucked. And I said, I'm done. It's just something I don't want to do anymore. And that's why a lot of New Yorkers, they walk everywhere because it's not even worth going on the subway. If you can, you walk. I would walk 50 blocks over going on that damn subway. So that's how I feel about the subway. So imagine if you make that more beautiful and more appealing. And along with that, the idea of ride sharing So let's say that I want to go to the grocery store in the future. And well, ride sharing happens now with Uber and Lyft and all that. But let's say in the future we have driverless cars and I want to go to the grocery store. So one of these driverless cars are sent to me and then along the way, three other people and we go to the grocery store. I think it's a good idea, but I truly do not think this would work out where I live. I think it would work in... The city, absolutely. Well, everyone where I live, and I can only speak as an American, we like our cars. We like our big cars. We like our cars. We like our SUVs. We, you know, that's how we are. I like getting in my car, listening to my own podcast, listening to my own music, and not, or even not listening, meditating in my car, but it being an experience where I'm alone and I'm in control of everything. I don't know, especially with COVID, the idea of sharing, you know, doing a ride share with three other strangers, not saying they wouldn't be great people, but who knows where they've been, especially with COVID. So I'm not sure how that would work. I wouldn't feel comfortable with it right now, but I also wonder about the future because if we all work from home 20 years from now and we're all online or maybe not all of us, but a good percentage of us we're going to need that socialization. We may have a renewed interest in public transport. And there is a spiritual result of humans coming together to exchange ideas and to be in each other's energy fields and to share space. I mean, we need that socialization as humans. They've done studies and we have to have it. We absolutely have to have it. So in the future, is this idea of ride sharing and more beautiful public transport a possibility? I really, in the US, think it's absolutely a possibility in the city. I think it's a possibility in certain communities where it's a much larger town and you can easily do something like that. But where I live, I just personally don't see it happening in this type of rural community anytime soon, but you never know about the future. What are other 3D solutions that I came up with that yield 5D results? And they're not lame. Uh, I'm telling you, they're not, let's recycle more and use less water. I promise they're really good uh, solutions and I came up with five of them. But first, please check out freespiritpodcast.com. I have my metaphysical TV guide, which lists so many great shows, and I've been getting great feedback from that. You can email me an intuitive question, and I will answer. I have so much fun doing that. And I also do podcast consultations in which I discuss content. Remember, I've been an editor for 10 years. I have that background, so I'm really good at content. That is is my natural ability and I help you skip the line when starting your podcast. And I'm developing a sponsorship program for this podcast so I can connect the best coaches, experts, healers 
with the right clients and vice versa. So stay tuned for that. What are 3D solutions to climate change that yield 5D results? These solutions, they have to be right for you in your life. And I'm just giving you these five solutions to just provide a springboard so you can think of your own. Number one, vegan dish options. I read an article that at high-end restaurants now, if you don't have a vegan dish option on the menu, you are dead in the water. You can have your beef and you can have your chicken, but you need to have that vegan dish option as well. I don't know why it's so hard for me to say option today, but it just is. Anyway, so millennials and Gen Z are beyond demanding this of us. They want that vegan. They want that plant-based option. The collective conscious to me is going plant-based. We are being called to do so from our higher selves, from source. And as I continue to heal, I will become more plant-based. Now, I am not saying that everyone is turning into a vegan or a vegetarian. I'm not saying that I'm not one. In fact, right now to heal my condition, I've been eating a lot of meat. I've been eating a lot of bone broth. Why? Because of the gelatin, because of the collagen. I need the bones, the whole nine yards. So that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm grateful to these animals that are helping me heal. But as I start to ascend and I start to heal my issue, I can see myself becoming more plant-based. And I was very plant-based until this all happened and my health crisis happened. But I'm seeing this over and over, especially spiritual people that I connect with are becoming more plant-based. Now, I'm not saying they're 100% plant-based, but they're becoming more and more plant-based. Number two, this is my New Year's resolution. I want to bless meat before I eat it. And I have to say, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't do it a lot. I forget a lot of the time. And the meat is helping me heal right now, but I always forget to bless it. So what I do when I do bless it is I take one of my hands, I close my eyes, I put it over the piece of meat, and I say, thank you so much for your sacrifice. I appreciate it. And that's about it. That's all I do. But that's something I really want to get into, a constant habit because I've been eating so much meat. Number three, use technology and the internet to foster interest in the well-being of our climate. There is a video game called Farming Simulator, and I only heard about it because I watch this show from time to time. I watch a young person show every once in a while just to see what's going on and in that space with Gen Z, with millennials, to see what they want and what they're doing. And it actually helps me connect to that generation a lot. But anyway, they in this show were talking about this video game, which they didn't name, but I looked it up, it's called Farming Simulator and it's where you can create a farm and be a farmer. I think that's so cool because these kids talking on this show were really excited about their cows and planting things. So why not foster that excitement for Mother Earth? Why not use technology, innovation, the internet, video games to foster that technology for this generation? I think it's so cool. And I have to check out the game. I'm not a video game person, but I love to check it out. And I think that's one of the ways in the future that we're going to keep moving the collective conscious in between, right? Having that balance between technology and Mother Earth. And, I, and it can be done. So kind of cool. 
Number four, this is a spoiler alert. I'm just warning you, but it shocked me and I have to say it. In the documentary 2040, the number one reason for reversing climate change, wait for it, is empowering girls and women, giving them access to education and birth control so the population becomes reduced. Basically saying that we need the divine feminine so badly. Our world is too masculine based and it's not working. And there's nothing wrong with being masculine because we need that balance. But Mother Earth is calling to bring the divine feminine back to restore peace and harmony. Number five, do you have a passion that can help climate change. Maybe you garden, you make your own clothes, you're plant-based. For me, I'm sharing this information with you via my podcast. That's my passion. I'm back to volunteering next month at my local food pantry. That's something that I enjoy. Passion will carry us through to the other side of this crisis. If we love doing it, if we absolutely look forward to it, if we're done with a hard work day, whatever it is, and we're like, yes, I get to do this and I get to do that, then that is what's going to move this planet forward. That is what's going to move the collective conscious forward. And it can be from any realm of life as long as it benefits Mother Earth. Passion will move forward the collective conscious up a soul level to social justice, introspection, and even farther up to creativity and innovation. If we love doing something, as I said, and it benefits Mother Earth, we've all won. Until next time, think about how you can provide a solution to climate change. Do you have a passion that benefits Mother Earth? And live your life two inches off the ground. Mm -hmm.